Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the scripts this is episode 454 for your november 24th 2022 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue on this thanksgiving day thank you guys so very much for joining me on your thursday mornings afternoons wherever you may be man we got a lot to go over And uh, a lot came out of that AEW Dynamite show on Wednesday. Wednesday night, Jesse and I extensively covered it last night. I thought it was a great show. We we covered that thing like nobody's business last night, up and down. We talked about a lot of the big stories that came out, including the elite trolling the Chicago crowd, trolling CM Punk. And there is some news that came out. Whether you believe him or not, we're going to go over what Dave Meltzer said in regards to CM Punk's camp. Close people to CM Punk were not really pleased with what happened on Wednesday's Dynamite. Now, uh, you know, Jesse and I went over this yesterday. Some of it makes sense. 
And again, some of it doesn't. Just, just like all this all-out post-show media scrum brawl bullshit, some of it made sense, some of it doesn't. And we're going to go over why I think there is just uncertainty in all of this. There's some hypocrisy thrown in there. It doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. On one hand, I get why they did what they did. But on the other hand, I I don't know why Tony Khan would allow them to go out there and do what they did, really. I don't know. Unless things are squashed, unless things are now able to move forward, or unless this is one huge thing and Punk is planning to come back, I don't get it. I don't know. It's up to you guys to side with Punk or the Elite. Where do you fall? We'll go over all the variables today on the podcast on this Thanksgiving day. Also, we're going to talk about Thunder Rosa. Apparently, there is a rumor going around that reveals a possible return date for the now former AEW Women's Champion. She had to relinquish the title last night. Thank God that was the right decision to do. Interim is no longer involved. Jamie Hader is the undisputed AEW Women's Champion. Tony Storm will be recognized as an undisputed AEW Women's Champion during her reign, even though she still ends up getting the shit end of the stick. She got fucked over, no matter how you look at it. But we will go over that. Also, coming from Dave Meltzer, whether you uh, like his news and his sources or not, He revealed some information that we'll go over today. I got Survivor Series news. We'll go over quick predictions for Saturday's show. And we got a lot more to get into on this podcast, man. So I thank you guys very much for joining me on your Thursdays. Should be a fun stream. It's going to be a busy weekend, man. We got Survivor Series coming up. I'm very excited for War Games. Very excited for War Games. I will be live on Saturday night after the show is over immediately. We're going to break down everything that happens inside those War Games matches. One for the men, one for the women. Who is the fifth and final woman to join Team Bianca Belair? Some people think it's Becky Lynch. Some people think it's Sasha Banks. I don't know. We will see. But I will be live on Saturday, so make sure you guys set your notifications. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Should be good. Follow me on social media. Stay up to date with everything. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, like I said. Turn on the bell for notifications. I don't know if we're going to get 1,000, man. It's Thanksgiving. I know people are getting ready for the day. You're watching football, but uh, there's shit going on today. There's shit going on this week, so... I'm trying to get the content out to you guys so at least it's in your subscription boxes. But I'd love if you guys can hit the thumbs up. Let's start at a soft goal, man. We'll take it a little by little. Let's try and get to 700 likes is the goal right now. So make sure you guys go and do that for me. We'll keep an eye on who's coming into the venue, man. 700 likes is the goal, so hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in. Tell me what you're doing for Thanksgiving. Tell me what you think of the CM Punk Elite situation coming out of Dynamite. Tell me what you think of Thunder Rosa. Are you excited for Survivor Series or are you not? Maybe you don't give a shit. I don't know. I don't know. 
And the memberships, man. Join the channel. Become a member. VIP section is always open. Always accepting applications. Get them on in. Hit that join button down below and become a VIP and a channel member right here on Off The Script. All right, Snake Eyes, you're now gone, bro. Goodbye. You got one chance, bro. You got one chance. Unless you actually made a new fucking name and you came back into the chat. Otis got ready. Get out. What a fucking geek, man. What? You got no family, bro. You were disowned by your family, bro. You're on You're on YouTube on my stream on Thanksgiving putting thumbs down and fucking complaining about the music, bro. You got nothing else better to do? You don't got a shitty football team to go and cheer for? I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry that your life is so void of entertainment and hobbies. Get out. I love it. The attention and the interest that I generate from all walks of life, man, it's it's amazing. It really is. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. You guys are going to use that code JD at checkout to get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them, as always, for being such a great friend and a great sponsor of Off The Script. It's amazing, man. People are crazy. People are crazy. I don't know. I don't know what to say. No explanation for anything. Anyway, let's get on with the news, man. We are going to start with some light stuff, get into the good stuff. Oh, my goodness. We got, this guy is absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Nick Williams with a $100 super chat. We love Nick Williams here, man. Nick Williams is a fucking beast. Thanksgiving bomb edition. Omos and Turkey, how to match. The Turkey won, JD. What would you do if WWE decided to put Goldberg versus Omos at WrestleMania? Uh, I would save whatever I had to eat just to sit there and fester in my stomach, Nick Williams. And I'd use that as a shit break beyond recognition. That's exactly what I'd do if that match was booked. Even though I got to say, Omos and Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel wasn't that bad. It wasn't the embarrassment I thought it would be. But, yeah. I'd go find anything else to do until that four-minute, excruciatingly painful match is over. And it's sad to say that Braun Strowman would probably give Omos a better match than Bill Goldberg. No, thank you. But thank you, Nick Williams. For your generosity on this Thanksgiving day, brother. We appreciate you. We love you. And thank you very much, man. WWE. WrestleMania. We know WrestleMania is going to be in Los Angeles next year. We know WrestleMania is going to be in Philadelphia the following year. WWE is already thinking about heading to Nashville for WrestleMania if a proposed new stadium is built. WrestleMania is headed to Nashville, but one major condition has to be met. Mike Organ at the Tennessee at the Tennessean reported that WrestleMania 2027 
would happen in the city for the first time if a proposed closed stadium was built within five years. The story noted that Butch Spiridon, CEO of the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation, spoke with WWE about Nashville hosting WrestleMania, and the talks ramped up when Mayor John Cooper and the Tennessee Titans delivered a draft for a new proposed stadium. Spyrodon said WWE had an incredible experience at Nissan Stadium this past summer, and we started talking. WrestleMania is considered the number six top sports event brand in the world, and we are grateful for their confidence and belief in Nashville. Spyrodon added that WrestleMania is the number one most followed sports brand on social media platforms and described WrestleMania as CMA Fest on steroids, equivalent to two to three CMA fests in one week in terms of impact. WrestleMania 39 is set in 2024, as you guys know. Los Angeles in SoFi Stadium. WrestleMania 40 will take place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania at Lincoln Financial Field. The Metro Council in Nashville needs to vote to fund the proposed $2.1 billion stadium. WWE confirmed to the Tennessean that they would take WrestleMania to Nashville if the stadium got built. They love that. WWE loves to get in first, and WWE loves to be, you know, out there on social media and in the press and all this shit. New stadium, what's the first event that was held there? WrestleMania. They love it. They thrive on that. They get off on that. Now, SummerSlam was a great success in Tennessee. I may actually be in Tennessee towards the end of the year for the first time myself, but... I would think that's a great idea, man. I think WrestleMania in Nashville, it just fits the vibe. I honestly think it fits the vibe perfect almost. And it's different. Normally you see Los Angeles and, you know, they're going to Philadelphia. I don't know how that's going to feel. The East Coast WrestleManias, the the tri-state area WrestleManias don't really feel big to me. You know, I always feel like WrestleMania deserves a, 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 a city and a state like a Nashville, something larger than like being in New York, man. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel to me, you know, but it's always the same places. New Orleans, right? I think WWE is even proposing a WrestleMania. I don't know. I think I'd rather WrestleMania in a summer or a SummerSlam in Detroit. I don't know. I don't know, but we got a couple of ways to go until 2027. So WWE, you know, they were talking about Las Vegas. I think that would be great. Um, I know they were talking maybe about Arizona, Minnesota. I don't know. But WWE, they're going to do this, and they love when a new stadium is built. They want to get right in there, and they want to tout, and they want to hype that that they're the first brand, the first company, the first sports entity in said new stadium. So I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. So this is also a new day and age for WrestleMania as well as Paul Levesque is leading WWE. So who knows by 2027 what the WWE is going to look like. It's constantly changing, and it's going to be a great thing to follow. So I'm very excited about it. And I know we have another $100 Super Chat from Jerry Ramey. Oh, my goodness. Jerry Ramey with a $100 Super Chat. He says, happy Thanksgiving, J.D. Hope the Guinea's flows, lad. Guinness, I'm assuming you mean. You mean 
Um, just wanted to acknowledge my IWC Tribal Chief. Cheers, lad. Thank you, Jerry Ramey. L- listen, man, I don't know if I'm having Guinness today, but I know I will be popping open at least one Mad Elf. That is my go-to holiday brew, the Mad Elf by Trogues. So thank you, guys. Thank you to Nick Williams, and thank you to Jerry Ramey for the big $100 Super Chats, man. That is uh, incredibly generous of you guys on this Thanksgiving. So, yes, WrestleMania potentially heading to Nashville. Uh, we will follow that as uh, obviously we get closer. It's it's honestly a little too early to be even talking about that, but we got Los Angeles. Everybody's excited for this WrestleMania. It's near a sellout. Royal Rumble, I will get into the records that they broke this week as well. We got Philadelphia in uh, WrestleMania 40 in 2024. So, it lo- it, listen, they're going to do what they got to do. They want to get that WrestleMania brand and continue building that WrestleMania brand for years and years and years to come. WWE broke Royal Rumble records this past week. Royal Rumble is slated to be in San Antonio, Texas at the Alamo Dome on January 28th and has broken a notable record for the event. During the third quarter earnings call, WWE co-CEO Nick Khan noted that the show has a gross gate right now exceeding $4.6 million. WWE announced this week in a statement obtained by PW Insider that the upcoming Royal Rumble event has broken the company's record for the largest gate in the event's 36-year history. That is incredible. Absolutely incredible. The record was broken over this past weekend as the Royal Rumble has now surpassed a $5 million gate, which is more than the previous record from 2017. That was the last time WWE held the Royal Rumble at the venue, which was at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. WWE's premium live event is going to take place on January 28th, and everybody is already excited for the Royal Rumble. We got Survivor Series, man, on Saturday. It's the last pay-per-view before the Royal Rumble, and there's going to be a little lull in WWE's calendar. At the end of November, going into December, and most of January, all of January, basically, there's not going to be a WWE pay-per-view. So I want to see what they are going to do. Are they going to get lazy? Are they going to put a little bit more emphasis on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown? Are we going to get some major-themed shows in between there to kind of fill in for the lack of a December pay-per-view? I figured Triple H would be bringing back a Starcade, being that he's getting rid of a TLC, which was in the pay-per-view slot in December, bringing back a Starcade, or maybe coming up with a brand-new IP, a brand-new concept. I don't know. But I don't mind that there's no pay-per-view because it should, if they're smart about it, It should put a little bit more emphasis on Monday night and Friday night. But Royal Rumble, man, I mentioned this on Twitter. And oh my God, you guys are fun. You guys are killing me today, man. You guys guys are absolutely killing me today, man. Oh my goodness. Holy shit. Whoa. Steve Winyard with a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, JD, for all that you do. Hit that like button, geeks. It isn't even like he lives in his mother's basement. <laughs> Jade Cargill. Best in the IWC, the real ace. Forget that guy on Tuesday nights. Could we see a swerve and Sasha and Becky turn up at war games? I don't know, bro. We'll talk about it in a little bit, but, you know, uh, we're going to be uh, right below the venue, bro. Steve, right below the venue, there's going to be a new concept, man. I'm, 
coming up with a brand new IP, a brand new concept, man. We may be drinking in my mother's basement underneath the venue. You know, what you guys don't know is that there's a secret doorway here, man. You got to find it. Secret doorway that leads to an underground speakeasy, which is a cocktail bar. And we're going to go into my mother's basement and we're going to have some fine cold beverages soon. Soon. The whole concept is there. I just got to get the team to, you know, do construction on it. And we're, uh, we're going to have some fun. Thanks, Jade. Thanks, Jade. And thank the AW Women's Locker Room, man. And listen, man, if they're going to burn me the way that they did, you know, the way that they did wrongfully, I'm going to make some fucking, uh, I'm going to make some cash off of it. Why not? But, uh, Steve, thank you so very much, man. I appreciate not only you, Steve, but I appreciate Jerry Ramey and Nick Williams. You guys are fucking beasts. Thank you guys very much for all the support. I mentioned on Twitter that the reason why these events are selling out, look look at, and I don't want you guys to focus on, oh, Raw's been down. Raw has been garbage, okay? It, It hasn't been as good as it was when we first got this Triple H leadership to take over. It was better than what Vince McMahon was doing. It is better than what Vince McMahon is doing. Stars are being pushed. There's new faces. But like I said on Monday, there are no risks on Monday night. There's no intensity. It's lacking something. I don't know if it's lacking vision. The vision's there. Triple H has great vision. But it's too safe. Monday Night Raw is absolutely too safe. They need to change. Can't change the, the, the time of the show or the length of the show. It's three hours. It's going to be three hours for the foreseeable future. That is not going to change at all. But they are too safe in their ways. There's no risks. There's nothing that's fresh on Monday night. It feels like that they have gone back and settled into their regular role on Monday night. The reason why these shows are sold out is because overall there's a sense of interest, uh, uh, an overwhelming sense of interest in the WWE product. The reason why these shows are sold out is because Vince McMahon is gone. Vince McMahon was in charge during this WrestleMania season in 2023. Now, 2022, rather. 2023, Triple H is taking over. Now, go back to this year's WrestleMania in Dallas. Did it sell out? No, WrestleMania was not a sellout at all. They want you to think that it was a sellout, but no, it was not a sellout. They struggled to sell tickets to the Dallas Stadium show in AT&T Stadium. I don't know what the overall capacity is with the stage setup for WrestleMania, but they barely did 65,000 for both nights. It's a great showing but it's not a WrestleMania showing, especially in that type of stadium. It's not. WrestleMania this year was largely lackluster build going in. Thankfully, they turned it up when we got there. I thought night one of WrestleMania was one of WWE's best shows all year. But the lackluster build leading into it, that's what they do. That's what Vince thinks. Oh, WrestleMania is a name in itself. It's going to sell. There are a lot of people. There is a large group of people that have come back to watch the product now that Vince McMahon is not there. If you don't believe that, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. He's disenfranchised many, many, many people. Triple H taking over. Triple H has gained the trust of the audience with with, with what he did in NXT. Triple H being there and leading the charge. There is an overwhelming sense of interest. Coming out of War Games, I'm telling you, on Monday, when you see War Games... Going into Monday Night Raw, there is going to be a level of excitement that you have not seen in WWE in many, many, many years. It may be a little dull right now, but this is what we're waiting for. 
War Games in Boston is going to be a spectacular show. There's no way that it cannot be. The reason why the Royal Rumble is sold out, the reason why WrestleMania is near a sellout at SoFi Stadium is because of Triple H. It's because of his presence and his leadership being there. That's it. Now, if you if you loved what Triple H did in NXT and, and, and largely uh, agree with what he's doing on the main roster, the cha- he's not going to change shit in fucking three months, four months. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous to even think about. I mean, we're not even—something like this is going to take at least, at least 18 to 24 months, at least, to get things where he wants it to be. He can't roll everything out in one shot. That's unrealistic. So you're seeing little things here and there, vocabulary changes, talent changes, returns, people being featured a little bit more, new concepts being thrown about, pay-per-view schedules changing, you know, teams— backstage changing names that were there under Vince are no longer there. Things like that. I'm waiting for them to get rid of Bruce, but, you know, that time is coming. But those things, are the the, the safest things are the ones that he's going to change. He can't do everything in one shot, otherwise it's going to create uncertainty with the shareholders. Even though I think right now they trust what he's doing because the ratings have been up. Monday Night Football is obviously hurt, but the ratings have been up. SmackDown's ratings have been up. Interest in the product's been up. Social media numbers are up. Everything is up. Their stock is up. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The reason why Royal Rumble and WrestleMania are near sellouts already and we don't have anything announced is because this is the Triple H effect. This is Triple H's first WrestleMania season. If you don't think he's saving all his fucking. All his resources. If you don't think he's waiting for that loaded gun to fucking pop off for WrestleMania season, you got another thing coming. It may be dull now, and some of it might not be interesting now, but he is storing what he needs to for the rest of the WrestleMania season upcoming. And that's it. That's my opinion on the matter. You guys are absolutely fucking killing me today, man. Holy shit. JLD. With a $100 super chat. Oh, my goodness. And MGM Ballin with a $100 super chat. JLD, what's up, JD and OTS family? Wanted to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Even though I'm not always here live due to ongoing family issues, you will always have my support. Thank you for all that you do, bro. Hashtag OTS for life. JLD, thank you so much, brother. 
And MGM balling with a 99-99 Super Chat. Happy Thanksgiving to my OTS family. Appreciate everything you do, JD. Keep entertaining like always. OTS forever. Thank you guys very much, man. Taking my, uh, taking my stream and leaving me speechless, man. Wow. Thank you guys very much, man. I appreciate everybody here that's tuning in to spend a little part of your Thanksgiving with me. So, yes, Royal Rumble WrestleMania sold out because of the Paul Levesque Triple H effect. No doubt about it. Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks' name is now being raised as a possible fifth woman to join Bianca Belair. Now, I threw it out there that, and this is because of Sasha, she said that a big November is coming. She's super excited about November. Whatever that meant, when she said it, I don't know. I said maybe she's going to show up at War Games. I still think that she will be present in War Games or at Survivor Series, one or the other. It's in Boston, for Christ's sakes. So I think that she will show up in Boston. But nobody knows for sure. She's trademarked a bunch of things for merchandising uh, likeness and, 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 you know, merchandising reasons. And it looks like she trademarked and, and got copyright for a, a new wrestling name or it looks like new, a, new, a new persona. I don't know what she's doing. She's got outside ventures. She's got so many outside ventures, I can't really keep track of what's going on with Sasha. But she did tease that a big November is on the horizon. One of the things... And this was a fan-made poster. This was teased, and she really kind of played along with it because it's something that I think she genuinely wants to do. I even teased that maybe the big November is not WWE, and we see Sasha maybe around Royal Rumble time making her return in the Royal Rumble. Maybe the big November thing is Sasha going to New Japan, wrestling Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship at Wrestle Kingdom in the Tokyo Dome. So it was a possibility. Now, that was just merely, you know, an opinion. That was my opinion throw, being thrown out there. I, I didn't, you know, latch on to it and say, yep, this is exactly what's going to happen. It was my opinion. It was a nice conversational topic. And then we come, come to find out that Sasha Banks is actually not wrestling for the IWGP Women's Championship, and she will not be wrestling at, at Wrestle Kingdom in January. So this and that discussion can go right out the window, which now leaves Sasha Banks open for Survivor Series. The first events of the brand new IWGP Women's Championship has officially been set for Wrestle Kingdom 17. At last weekend's New Japan and Stardom events, crossover event, Kyrie Sane defeated Mayu Iwatani to become the inaugural IWGP Women's Champion. After the match, Tom Nakano came to the ring, issuing a challenge to Kyrie for the title at Wrestle Kingdom. New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling officially announced this match will take place on January 4th at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Per the statement, New Japan says this, the first ever IWGP Women's Champion Kyrie will have her first defense in the Tokyo Dome opposite Cosmic Angels Tam Nakano after Kyrie's historic victory on November 20th. Over Mayu Iwatani, Nakano answered the call for the first challenger, and though the cutest in the cosmos issued her challenge with characteristic zeal, there were daggers in her words as she promised a special hell. Tam's ability to undercut her colorful demeanor with a vicious aggression unscored 
her her 301-day run as Wonder of Stardom champion in 2021, a title that Kyrie had helped mold in her earlier years. Indeed, a mutual respect was evident when Kyrie teamed with Tam in one of her earliest matches back in Stardom this spring. Opposite, um, and forgive me if I pronounce these names wrong, Miyu Amazaki and Yutemi Haya Shishita. This is why I don't watch Stardom, bro. Can you imagine me doing a fucking review with these names? That match showed how brutal both women could be as a team, and now that violence will be turned on one another January 4th. So, New Japan is not bringing in Mercedes Varnado. They are bringing in Kyrie against Tam Nakano. So, I still think it's a possibility that she ends up wrestling outside of WWE, but the announcement with this match has now made it a little bit more unlikely. Does Sasha show up in Boston at Survivor Series? I mean, at this point, I find it really, really difficult to believe she's not going to be there. I mean, it's in her hometown. Is she going to be a part of War Games? That's a different, that's a different story. That really is, you know. Right now, the way the card looks, I don't know even where she would fit. I've been preaching that I feel in my bones that Alexa Bliss is going to turn on her team and just say, fuck this shit. I feel like that's the best character change for Alexa Bliss. Who the fifth woman's going to be? It could either be Sasha. It could be Becky. It could be both Sasha and Becky. You would have three of the four women, three of the four horsewomen in that War Games match. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way, man. The way I've been seeing that, and the build, yes, has been lackluster. The excitement around the women's match and the excitement around damage control really hasn't been there. But I'm looking at this as a performance that is going to be talked about, especially in the light of the women's revolution, something that's going to be really special. This could be the moment where they kickstart a whole new revolution for women's wrestling in WWE because this is the first ever War Games and the women are getting a War Games match for the first time on the main roster. Why wouldn't Mercedes want to be a part of that? I don't know. If you know, and listen, I don't know Sasha personally. I don't. I've heard stories from people that I know that know people in Sasha's camp that have spoken to Sasha personally. She's been at the House of Glory training facility several times when she's had a show here in New York over the last few years. She brings her fabled notebook. She trains with Red. She trains with the students. She sits there and she goes over what she's learned. Then she takes that and gives it back to the students. And she loves Red. She's always cited that amazing Red is a huge influence to her and a very, very close friend of hers. As far as training goes, every time she comes to New York, boom, she goes nowhere else but House of Glory. The shit that I've heard about Sasha Banks is this woman wants to make memories. Listen to our Stone Cold podcast. Listen to Broken Skull Sessions. Everything that this woman has said just is ingrained in wanting to make memories. She wants to be a part of history. She wants things that she will be a part of, that people will look back on when she is no longer here. And she's already accumulated quite the resume for that already. If you are a female that wants to get into this business, which match are you going to go out there and watch? There's not one 
other match that should be on your list outside of Bailey and Sasha Banks at the first TakeOver Brooklyn. It is a match that will go down as one of the greatest women's wrestling matches of all time. For what it did, for what it will do for future generations, that match will be used in schools. That match will be used as a way to construct future women's matches. Match should be in the Wrestling Hall of Fame, for as far as I'm concerned. This woman is about that. She wants things to make sense. She wants to be a part of everything that is like this. History. This is why I said maybe her wrestling in New Japan is something that she wants to do, and I'm sure she would love that. But now that that door is seemingly closed, her showing up in Boston, I mean, if she's not there, I would find that very difficult to believe that she's not there. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm still, I'm, I'm, still, I'm sticking to my guns. I think Sasha will be at Survivor Series. Whether she's in the match or she shows up, maybe she has something to do outside of war games. Who the fuck knows? You know, somebody, somebody gave me the idea of, of maybe she takes out Shotzi and they play up the fact that Ronda is going to have Sasha as her opponent and Sasha takes the title off of Ronda by beating up Shotzi Blackout, well, who's going to wrestle Ronda now? And in comes Sasha Banks with Naomi. And this kickstarts Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler on SmackDown. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Shotzi Blackout and Ronda Rousey right now looking like a fucking piss break, if you ask me. Who wants this? Who's genuinely interested in that? Nobody. Nobody. We've seen that match once before. And believe me, you do not want to see it again. And I, I highly doubt people have asked for it for a second time. Could that be where Sasha Banks shows up? Maybe there's no room for her in war games. Maybe they're saving Becky for war games. And maybe they're saving Sasha to actually take the women's championship off of Ronda Rousey in Boston. I don't know. Imagine Becky and Sasha on the same war games team, though. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, Sasha Banks, I'm sticking to my guns. I think that she will be at Survivor Series on Saturday. Speaking of Becky Lynch, all the way how I organize my notes, man. Speaking of Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch is slated to make her WWE return soon. Fightful Select is reporting that Becky Lynch will be back in the near future after suffering a separated shoulder at SummerSlam in July in a match with Bianca Belair. WWE was happy that Lynch didn't have to undergo surgery. She has been seen, she's been photographed, training in Ireland ahead of Survivor Series, so one would assume that she will be on Saturday's show. The report added that Lynch was discussed and planned as the fifth partner in the Women's Survivor Series War Games match until Lynch is introduced in this spot. Of course, creative plans can change. Several members of the WWE regime right now under Triple H are excited to work with Becky Lynch without her being under the creative of Vince McMahon's terrible booking. Triple H decided to turn her back as a babyface before writing her off television as he didn't think her being booked as a heel was working well. No shit. I mean, you guys know what we saw with Becky Lynch. Nobody wants to go back to... Nobody wants to see that again. What is that? That was Vince McMahon's version of Becky Lynch. Seriously. That was awful. 
She came out wearing those ridiculous outfits that people thought were fashion statements. Get the fuck out of here, man. She looked completely great. It actually turns people off because of how difficult it was to even look at her. People had no interest in that at all. She sounded ridiculous. She sounded exactly how I just sounded, reciting lines from Lord of the Rings. It's like Bruce fucking went on a Lord of the Rings binge over the weekend and said, yep, that's what Becky Lynch needs. She needs to sound like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Give me a fucking break. I'm not here to fucking listen to some small creature that lives in a cave talking about a golden ring while Bilbo is trying to fucking solve riddles and puzzles with him. Give me a break, bro. Becky Lynch, the way we need Becky Lynch is what Becky Lynch was when Nia broke her face. That's what we need. We need not the man. I think that's cringe to the man. Becky, get the fuck out of here. Seriously, get, get out of here with this garbage. We need Becky Lynch as that rough and tough badass that's not going to take bullshit from anybody. And the Becky Lynch that cut a genuine heartfelt promo that really had fans on her side because not only could they relate to her, but they believed in what she was saying. That's the Becky Lynch we need. And Triple H realized that. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ, my father-in-law is a complete blithering idiot. What the fuck did he do to you? Come back as a heel. Nobody wanted to boo her. And you take people like me who was in favor of Becky Lynch and turn them against Becky Lynch. That's all that did. Will she be the mystery partner? It makes sense. She was the last person that we saw with Bianca siding with Bianca. Out of sight, out of mind. She's been off TV since July. Do people still want to see, or or I should say, are people thinking about Becky Lynch in this spot? I don't know. But the roads have been paved for it to be Becky Lynch. Damage control showed up for the first time together at SummerSlam at the end of that match. Who was standing next to Bianca Belair? Becky Lynch. Boom. So storyline-wise and just war games-wise against damage control, now that they've grown with some alliances in Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley aligning herself with damage control because of Mia Yim being on Bianca's team. It makes sense. It does. So, again, listen, I don't know. It could be Becky. It could be Sasha. It could be both. I do think that they both end up being at War Games, though. This is a huge statement show. You think Triple H is going into the show for the first time ever not looking to make a statement? He's going to blow the roof off that fucking place. He's going to put everything he can into this show because not only is it his first war games and he wants people to, he wants people to remember it. Motherfucker, this is a first impression. What do I talk? I always talk about first impressions. Triple H is going to give you a first impression that is absolutely going to blow you away. And it's the last pay-per-view of the year. You don't want to go out with a bang? There's going to be a lot of shit that happens. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. Montez Ford, speaking of Bianca Belair, Montez Ford's been out of action for at least two months, as in early October. He was seen sporting around a walking boot on an episode of Monday Night Raw. Both he and Bianca Belair appeared on a Today Show this week where it was revealed he's been dealing with a calf injury. The good news is that he noted he's feeling 100% and is expected back soon. Ford added that he's looking to win the Undisputed Tag Team Championships alongside Angelo Dawkins. Yeah, good luck with that. 
Yeah, that time is in the past. It's all about KO, and it's all about Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. We've seen Street Profits and Usos how many times before? We don't need to see it again. 100% now, he says. I should be back pretty soon, you know. Just picking my spots and making sure when I arrive, the mission is still at hand, which is with my right-hand man, 100 grand, Angelo Dawkins. That's getting the undisputed tag team championships back. And they just say that just to uh, fill in the interview holes and the narrative on a show like today. Bianca Belair and Montez Ford also announced that they have a new reality series coming to Hulu, and the process is about to be filmed. Ford's last match happened on September 24th at a WWE house show. One thing I want to see Triple H really take and elevate going into the last portion of the year and into 2023 is the tag team division. Can't do that without the Street Profits. All this talk about Montez Ford and him breaking away from Angelo Dawkins. This only made Angelo Dawkins a little bit better. I've seen Angelo Dawkins work as of late. Clearly, his presence and Montez's presence has been missing on Monday Night Raw. That's one of the things that, that has been missing. Angelo's gotten himself in better shape. He's gotten a lot better in the ring. He did not like all the talk about Montez being the guy, being the Shawn Michaels of the group, and then he be the Gennetti of the group. Nobody wants to be the, the, the Marty Gennetti of any group. He took great offense to that, and he used it in the best way possible. He used it as fuel to get himself better. Like, motherfucker, I'm going to prove all these motherfuckers wrong. This is exactly what he did. I was never in favor of breaking up the Street Profits. Why? Why? Why do you want to break them up? Now, granted, WWE has a ton of new teams and trios thrown together. Tag team division could really be fucking... The tag team division in WWE could be better than the one in AEW if they actually applied what they need to do. That is, get one set of titles that float between Raw and SmackDown, merge the fucking divisions. You would, you would merge the divisions just by creating one set of titles that float. Have some of these teams appear on Raw. Have some of these teams appear on SmackDown and vice versa. Fix it. Fix it. You talk about your King of the Rings. You talk about your, your, your Queen's Crown or your Queen of the Ring tournaments, your SmackDown World Cups. I'd love to see a tag team tournament. That's what I'd love to see. Something that really kicks off the tag team, the, the, the rebirth of the tag team division. I don't know why anybody's talking about breaking up the Street Profits. They are better right now. They are better together. You will know. Believe me, you will know when Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford are no longer needed as a pairing. Right now is not the time. Montez has the qualifications to be a breakout guy. Believe me, we all see it. We all know it. Angelo Dawkins, he's not quite there yet. He's not. Has he gotten better? Absolutely. But you want to break them up when they're about even. You want to break them up when they're comparable to each other. Because right now, Montez is here and Angelo Dawkins, you know, you may not want to hear it, is here. People are always going to gravitate. Who's the star? Montez. You got to get them a little bit closer to each other. And right now, that's not the time. Especially if you're reimagining the tag team division and you're redoing the tag team division and you're adding new teams to the division that they have not wrestled yet. You can imagine Street Profits versus Imperium. Street Profits versus Brawling Brutes, right? Or Street Profits versus Judgment Day. 
What are we doing? We're talking about breaking up one of the best tag teams in the company. For what? With all the returns that they have coming back in, where's Montez going to be slotted in? United States title? Intercontinental title? Their value is as a team right now. It's not time to break them up yet. Triple H, speaking of Judgment Day, Triple H sees Finn Balor as a reclamation project. Finn Balor has been booked strongly by Triple H over the years, whether it was his first run in NXT or his return in 2019 because he requested to go back down there and then Vince McMahon surprisingly sent him back down there for a second run. He was a dominant champion. He got brought back to the main roster and Vince pushed him for about two weeks and then settled back into, yeah, I don't see this guy as a major deal. He's a mid-carter at best. I have no interest in him. Balor alongside Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Mysterio have been pushed strong as part of Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw by Triple H. Oh, my goodness, man. Holy shit, you guys are absolutely blowing me away with the love today, man. Another $100 super chat by Steve Winyard. WWE Tag Team Division. How about floating tag team championships or floating trios championships? If WWE wants to keep the same number of titles, there may be potential with that if they wanted to have two sets of championships. I think adding a trio, Steve, though it's a great idea, because I think WWE would really do it good. If they want to add trios, it may be a little too much. They would have to eliminate some titles if they want to add trios. Because right now, right now, the way we see it, I think WWE has too many championships. They have the Undisputed Tag Team Championships, which realistically should be one set of tag team championships. They need one set of tag team champions, and that's it. They need one set of women's champions. That's it. NXT Tag Team Champions, why? I've been saying this from day one. Why do they even exist? The main roster tag team championships should be the ones floating between Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Vince didn't want that when he was in charge. Now that Triple H is here, why do we need NXT tag team championships when there are no tag teams in NXT? Vince was the one who did not want to send main roster stars down to NXT because he thought it was subpar. He he thought it was the minor leagues. And he had some gripe against NXT because they weren't doing what he wanted. And that was beating AEW. So he wasn't going to give them a bone at all. Even the women's singles championships on Monday and Friday night. I don't think we need two women's singles championships. I don't. Two main roster, main titles, universal and world, and two secondary titles in the United States and intercontinental, both specific to a brand. Everything else could be float. Everything. But I would love a trio. I I, I would absolutely love a trio, but they have to do some eliminating first as far as Championships right now, that shouldn't really be there. Vince McMahon was burying Finn Balor. Never thought about him as a main roster guy. Never really found any interest in him. And then he he settled right back into that. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a jobber. Judgment Day has been pushed great by Triple H. Give me sport. Interviewed Wrestle Votes. And Russell Votes stated that Balor and Triple H have always liked each other. And Triple H views Balor 
as a reclamation story. They've always, always really liked each other, seeing what Finn has been over the last few years. Hunter sees almost like a reclamation project, but one that he can get behind because of their personal relationship. In January, Vince McMahon had given up on Balor as a top star. WrestlingNews.co was told by a source in WWE the following regarding Balor putting over Austin Theory at the time. And I quote, yeah, Finn, he was moved into a spot that Jeff Hardy had because he had left. He's just there now to help get the younger guys over. There was a pitch to make him heal, but that was weeks ago. And I haven't heard much about it since then. Vince never saw Finn as more than just a mid-card guy. Heyman would have pushed him to the moon if he was in the executive director role, but Vince just never saw it. Austin Theory is going to get time to shine in the Rumble match. Last I heard, he will be in the final four or five at the end of the match. What did I tell you on Monday? What did I tell you on Monday? Mark my words. Austin Theory is going to be in the Rumble for over an hour. And he's going to be in the final four. Mark my words. That is the only way. That is one of the things that absolutely needs to happen. As far as Finn Balor goes, it's great that he's great friends and has a great personal relationship with the man running the company. It's great. He didn't have that relationship with Vince. And you want to know why? Do you want to know why their relationship is so good? Because Triple H is an actual human being, number one. Number two, Triple H sought after Finn, or Fergal, into NXT. He's now Finn Balor. He went out, brought him in. Finn was at the absolute height of NXT. And the most important thing of all is when Triple H brought in Finn, he excelled at every single thing Triple H put him towards getting over with the audience, creating this new character for himself in the WWE universe, getting over with the fans, slightly changing his style, never complained about anything, always showed up to work. You never heard a single story about Finn Balor complaining about anything. Was he unhappy? Maybe. Who wouldn't be if they're being misused the way that Vince was misusing him? But the one thing as to why this story holds credence and some weight, and some validity. And the great personal relationship between, uh, between Triple H and Finn Balor wasn't there, wasn't present with Vince, is because there is trust. Everything Triple H has asked Finn Balor to do, he's gone out there, no complaints, and has done it to the absolute best of his ability. So when Vince was gone, and Triple H took over, and Triple H saw Finn just floating in the middle of nothing... He's going to take care of his guys because Triple H has been watching from afar. He's been listening from afar. He is going to take Finn Balor was one of the most misused acts in the entire company. And I don't give a fuck how old he is. He's over 40, but that doesn't mean he's worthless. You got to be kidding me. He looked at everything that was going on. He heard everything that was going on. You don't think that that man knew what was going on. He's going to take him, and he's going to make Finn Balor a top priority. He's going to take Tommaso Ciampa, make him a top priority. It's the reason why he brought back Braun Strowman. It's the reason why he brought back Hit Row. It's the reason why he brought back Bray Wyatt. It's the reason why he brought back Mia Yim. 
The reason why he brought back Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano, Dakota Kai, EO, and more to come. When Sasha comes back, it's going to be a similar situation to Finn Balor. They were done wrong. Triple H is looking to create new for everybody that was done wrong. He's looking to do everything right where Vince did it wrong. Balor is at the top of the list. And you already see it. Judgment Day is one of the best acts in the entire company. Judgment Day may be one of the best things about Raw and SmackDown. Rhea Ripley's resurgence is a beautiful thing to see. Finn Balor, look at how Finn Balor is. He is loose as a goose out there. There's not one single moment where I see Finn uncomfortable with who he is. You send Finn out there, he's cutting promos like he's told to. Go out there and own it. I trust you. I would not be shocked if Finn is not given a promo and just given bullet points. Look at Damian Priest. Damian Priest sounded robotic when he was out there on the Vince McMahon. Damian Priest is out there fucking killing it as a promo. He sounds exactly like he should. Rhea Ripley. Go look at Rhea Ripley when she wrestled Asuka at WrestleMania. Go look at what they did when she feuded with Charlotte Flair. She was absolutely in-fucking-sufferable. Look at her now. She may be the biggest star in that entire division. As far as I'm concerned, Rhea Ripley is bigger than Bianca Belair, who is the Royal Women's Champion. If you're looking for somebody to win the Royal Rumble, my pick is Rhea Ripley. I don't give a fuck what they got going on. I don't give a shit who Charlotte Flair thinks she is. I don't give a shit who Becky Lynch needs to wrestle at WrestleMania. The match that should be determined for WrestleMania is Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley and Cody Rhodes should be your men's and women's Royal Rumble winners. And Rhea Ripley's owed a championship match that she didn't get because she was injured. She got injured right before SummerSlam. That should have been the match. That was going to be the feud. She hasn't gotten a refund on that. I'm sorry to tell you, that's the way it should be. I'm not looking. Who's who's excited for a Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match? You're excited about anything Ronda Rousey with the fucking terrible run she's had? The fuck are we pandering to Ronda for? Fuck Ronda. It's about building what you got now in your future. Ronda Rousey is nowhere near your future. Rhea Ripley is. Becky Lynch is nowhere near your future. She's already a made woman. What the fuck does she need a Royal Rumble for? She's already won one. Have Becky Lynch win the chamber. Rhea Ripley deserves and needs that Royal Rumble more than anybody. Balor is slated to wrestle AJ Styles in one of the marquee matches at Survivor Series. Should be a banger. Should be a banger. Seth Rollins. He's listed as a babyface internally despite a very heelish promo on Monday Night Raw. This Monday seemed like Seth was going back to being a heel I don't know what the fuck they're doing on Monday night. It's like Bruce Pritchard is writing the show and Triple H is on vacation somewhere. He cut a heel promo on Monday night. Brian Alvarez noted on the Observer Live, he says this and I quote, I was watching the show on Monday and Seth did an interview. 
Seth Rollins came out, and he's acting like an idiot again, and he's doing that stupid laugh, and then he's doing his promo. He starts talking about how giddy he is that he put Cody, who's a babyface, on the shelf. This guy was a babyface two weeks ago. Total babyface last week. He worked as a babyface, putting over the fans, kissing up to the fans. Total babyface last week. Then again this week, he's a heel. End quote. Sounds about right. Sounds in line with what Monday Night Raw's been doing. Flip-flop, back and forth. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Alvarez said despite the heelish promo on Raw, he's still listed as a babyface internally. Alvarez said officially things could have changed, but as of yesterday, he was still supposed to be a babyface. Alvarez also noted how Bobby Lashley seemingly turned heel for his feud with Brock Lesnar after his run-ins with Mustafa Ali and then was portrayed as a babyface on Monday Night Raw against Austin Theory. I don't think they know where they want to go. I don't. What is the point? Honestly, what is what is the point? I said this weeks ago. What is the point of Seth Rollins? I even questioned it. What are you going to do when Cody Rhodes comes back and his inevitable first altercation is going to be with Seth Rollins? Now, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if Cody's going to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Roman. We don't know. I, I wish it was the case. That's what I want. That's what I think is best for business. We don't know where Dwayne is going to fill in. We don't know what The Rock is thinking going into WrestleMania. If Cody does not get Roman, who's Cody going to wrestle at WrestleMania? More than likely, you're looking at another showdown with Seth Rollins and, unfortunately, a run with the United States Championship. I don't think that's right. Maybe that's the case. Maybe that's what's going to happen because I don't see... Both of these championships off of Roman anytime soon. And Monday Night Raw may be without a world championship well beyond WrestleMania. Maybe they give the title to Cody and he acts as the guy on Monday Night with the United States title. But if Seth Rollins is playing a babyface for, for him to only go back to being a heel when Cody comes back, why are you making him a babyface if that is the way you're going to go? If that is the inevitable journey he's going to end up taking? So... Just make him a heel. Why tease being a babyface if he's only going to be a heel anyway moving forward and moving on into the new year when Cody eventually comes back? Right now, you're just making things a little bit more confusing and and things don't make sense. NXT. I don't know if you guys watch NXT on Tuesday night. Listen, I fell asleep for about 45 minutes because the show was fucking boring. But I ended up watching it, and I saw what happened. There were two repackaged gimmicks that showed up on Tuesday night. WWE has been teasing this Scripps character. They call into the Performance Center. They got their voice all decoded and hidden, right? They sound like some fucking cyber hacker. Scripps. Weeks of vignettes. Scripps. S-C-R-Y-P-T-S. Now, on Tuesday, Scripps made his debut. I thought Scripps was going to be a group. Apparently, Scripps was one guy. Scripps ended up being this. What you see there on the left. What you see there on the left is Reggie or Reginald former WWE 24-7 champion. On the right, you 
I mean, it, it, it's so it's so uncanny. On the right, you see a Rob Halford of Judas Priest cosplay by a returning Dominic Dijakovic. This is NXT, folks. So Reggie on the left, he's got these fucking tassels on his mask. He's got this black and orange ridiculous suit or outfit that he's wearing. He's in a mask, and he's beating up some fucking scrub. 30 seconds, he wins. He does his acrobatic flips, and that's his debut on Tuesday night's NXT. Then we got Dominic Dijakovic coming back, trying to reimagine the big boss man in 2022. Now, I don't know what you guys think of this. A lot of people got on my case about, oh, why, why don't you give, give it a chance, man? You got to be fucking out of your mind. So, I don't know if I have it queued up here. I put this on social media. And now you see why I don't cover this shit anymore. What the fuck is this? After weeks of vignettes, this is what they give us? Clearly, people were uh, in agreement with me that I got, a, I got over almost 1,000 likes on an NXT tweet. Then we got, oh, you didn't know, chiming in. Brian James, a.k.a. Road Dog, you missed a hell of a match since you don't cover it anymore in the main event. So I replied to him, watch the match, man. Big fan of Mello. Big fan of Wesley. It doesn't save the rest of the show, in my honest opinion. Now, I love how... Listen, I love Dog, okay? I think Dog is great. I think Brian James is great. He's treated me, you know, a little nicely over the years. He gets me. He understands. He knows I'm out there, and I say the shit, and I do my thing, right? He he gets it. But... The fact of the matter is that anytime you say anything negative about anything that's on TV, I'm paying money to watch your show. I'm not watching your show for free, okay? I pay Verizon, which is my cable service, a, a, a fee every month to get access to the USA Network. I'm paying to watch USA Network. I pay Peacock. $9.99 a month to watch NXT premium live events. I have every given right to call it what it is. It's dog shit. So for him to go on social media and be up in his fucking feelings about, oh, you don't cover it anymore, but you missed one hell of a main event. I'm sorry. I didn't mention Carmelo Hayes. I didn't mention Wesley. Where the fuck is everybody when I'm praising them during their ladder match? All the praise that I give certain individuals goes unnoticed. It's only the negative that they focus in on. I never mentioned anything about Carmelo Hayes or Wesley. Every time I say something fucking negative, there's someone complaining about my fucking opinion. I'm sorry if you're upset with my wrestling opinion. You want to get me fucking started? What is this shit? 
What is this shit? I get you're a company guy. I get people that are working there are proud of the work and the performers that work there. What is this? What is it? This is something that you're proud of? I don't know what the fuck you watched, but I looked at Reggie not wanting to be there. It was written all over his face and in his eyes. You sent this guy out there with weeks of vignettes that had something of hope and promise and something cool to send him out there dressed as a fucking circus freak in a fucking mask that I don't know what the fuck it resembles. You killed this guy's career before it even started. And I'm not saying I wanted Reggie on TV. Who the fuck asked for Reggie on TV? Not me. Reggie is useless. If I want to see what he does in the ring, the fuck do I need to watch Reggie for? I could go watch circus... Uh, a circus act, I could go watch some uh, ricochet match where somebody does it better and professionally. Reggie? Of all the fucking people that knows NXT, you would think that my opinion would be one that people look at. There are people out there that continue to think that this version of NXT is good television. You think 2.0 is good television? There's a reason why I don't cover the show. That's the reason why. It's a fucking joke. It's an embarrassment. It should not even be called NXT anymore. With shit like this making television. What the fuck is Shawn Michaels... Did he get back on the bottle? Is he hanging out with Tony Khan? Sniffing lines of coke after the fucking show's over. What's going on? Doing lines of coke with Tony Khan via Zoom. What the fuck? That is awful. I'm I'm sorry. If you are out there, I swear to God, man, there are people out there that think this is a good show. If you are out there that enjoys NXT the way that it is, my God, man, you have the worst fucking taste in pro wrestling ever. Ever. Why would you expect me to watch and accept this show? Oh, you got to accept it for what it is. What? Dog shit? Dog shit. We go from the days of Bobby Roode and Undisputed Era and fucking Adam Cole and Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura and all the great takeovers to scripts. How the fuck can you be okay with where this show is after what you saw Road Dog booked NXT? It's almost as if he doesn't care. Hair! I can't give you what we did. Here you go, scripts. And don't get me started on Dajakovic, man. Who the fuck? Now, granted, I'm a big fan of Dajakovic. I'm going to give it a chance. Don't worry, clowns. Going to give it a chance. Who thought it would be a good thing? To mix Judas Priest. I mean, he looks like Rob fucking Halford. Look at him. He look that's Road Dog. He looks like Rob Halford from the heavy metal band 
Judas Priest. Rob Halford's a fucking badass. Don't get me wrong. But imitating the big boss man with a black trench coat? This guy looks like she should be leading the saviors in The Walking Dead. The fuck is this? You hear the jail cell door close when he's attacking Wesley at the end of the fucking match? Holy shit, man. If this is the level of creativity in NXT, Shawn Michaels really may need to have his head examined. These people were a part of the biggest fucking boom in pro wrestling under this black and gold era. And now, look at them. It's almost as if they, it's almost as if they forgot what happened. How the fuck can you put this shit on television and deem it NXT worthy? There's, out of, out of two hours, there may be one or two things I like about this show. Carmelo Hayes and Wesley are two of them. Tony D'Angelo? Great. I'm growing on Von Wagner. Braun Breaker's all right. Some of the ladies are, are killing it, right? But holy shit. God, there's a reason why I don't watch this show anymore. Look! Vic Joseph sucks. So he calls his fucking matches. Sounds like he's busting a load. Then he got Booker T over there. Shucky, shucky, quack, quack. Fuck out of here. Jesus fucking Christ. I came from the Moro Ronaldo, Tom Phillips, Nigel McGuinness era. Everything you do has no feeling, no passion, no love. That full sale with full sale crowd is fucking leagues beyond better than what we're getting at the performance center. Leagues. Oh, but it's the same people they pick it up from full sale. No, it's not the same. It's not the same fucking people. You think the same fucking people that enjoyed old NXT are in that crowd? Fuck out of here, man. You gotta be on fucking drugs if you think that's the case. The people that attended full sale actually had taste. The fucking people that sit at the performance center, I don't know where the fuck Orlando's hiding them, but Jesus fucking Christ, man. All of those people, collective IQs, are as fucking low as the goddamn trash can sitting outside the performance center. That is not the same group of people. Nowhere even close. Awful. NXT should be fucking canceled. That's how much of an embarrassment it is. Shucky, ducky, quack, quack. Fuck out of here. Show sucks. That's my rant for the evening. We're going to hit this AW news and get the hell out of here. <laughs> We got 1,500 people in here, man. We got 700 likes. I said the goal was, what, 700? There you go. You guys hit it. Can we try for 1,000? Can we try for 1,000 now, man? Hit that thumbs up. Memberships are open. Get them on in. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Appreciate you guys joining me on 
this Thanksgiving Thursday here on NXT. Hey, not on NXT. On NXT. No, see, now I'm fucking, I got NXT on the brand. I'm off the script. Oh, my goodness. I just ranted big on NXT. <coughs> anyway. Moving on, man. Moving away from scripts. There's some AEW news, man. Kenny Omega wants everyone to move on. Jesse and I talked about this yesterday. Kenny Omega said that this isn't Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against CM Punk. He says in a Sports Illustrated interview that he urged the fans and encouraged the fans to move on from this situation. There are things that no one can talk about. So I would encourage people to let it go. It doesn't change that we want a team effort in AW. I don't even mean myself and my opponent. It also means the referees, the fans, the people who set up the ring, everyone. Even a technical error can ruin the memory of a match. I can refer back to the exploding barbed wire death match. So I encourage people to move away from it because there is no information to be released. Though I cannot talk about it, I do want fans to know that I still want the best for professional wrestling. This isn't Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against CM Punk. It is people trying to show off their craft. You can boo Kenny Omega, you can boo the Young Bucks or CM Punk, but I hope people don't forget we're human beings struggling to show our art. Now, that was released yesterday. Sports Illustrated document released yesterday. Then we get the match. We get the trios match with the Death Triangle and the Elites. This is match number two of seven, potentially, in a best-of-seven series, and the Death Triangle go up 2-0. Over the elite. During the match last night, there were a chance of CM Punk. There were a chance of fuck CM Punk. There were throwbacks to all the situations that, ha- that happened in the post-show media brawl. There was Kenny Omega biting Pac on the arm. There was Matt Jackson botching a CM Punk lariat, buckshot lariat. There was other things thrown about the match that They kind of took from the brawl at the media scrum and applied it to the match. It was, there was a GTS in there. They trolled CM Punk with his GTS. He delivered the GTS and he uh, got a two count out of it to Kenny Omega. I mean, there were, uh, there were just little Easter eggs in all of that match. So clearly, when Dynamite was over and Dave Meltzer reviewed the show with Brian Alvarez, news article came out from The Observer that they said people close to CM Punk are not happy about the elite mocking him during AEW Dynamite. So Dave Meltzer stated on Wrestling Observer Radio that he heard from people close to CM Punk that they were not thrilled with what they saw on Dynamite. Now, I, I, need to, uh, I need to make reference and I need to mention that this was not directly from CM Punk himself. This was from people close to CM Punk. Who that is, how close they are, nobody knows. So if you have a little bit of skepticism when it comes to Dave Meltzer, then I do not blame you whatsoever. So this is Dave Meltzer from people that he heard from that are close Close to CM Punk, not Phil Brooks himself. 
He says this, and I quote, I know that there's people close to CM Punk. That boy, dot, 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 we're not happy with that six-man tag team match, Meltzer said on the Wrestling Observer Radio. That was it. That's all he said. That's all he had to say about the aftermath of this trolling that the elite did. Jesse and I talked about this on Wednesday. I brought up the question of, and rightfully so, because this is just something that naturally crosses my mind. With all that they did in that match, is it something that leads people to believe that there may be some reconciliation on the horizon here? And the reason why I brought this up, the reason why I brought this up as part of the discussion was because I just don't understand why Tony Khan would allow the elite to go out there and do what they did all throughout that match and punk CM Punk, troll CM Punk in Chicago the way that they did, calling back to basically everything that was in the reports, everything that was investigated. I don't get it. Tony Khan, after all of it was over, stripped Punk of the title. He would have been stripped of the title anyway because he was injured. CM Punk's name was not even uttered. None of his likeness was uttered and shown on AEW Dynamite. They took Punk and Elite out of the fucking info, or the intro. All likeness of them were removed from the intro to AEW Dynamite. None of their names were mentioned for months on AEW Dynamite. Nobody talked about the situation. Tony Khan, every time he was asked about it, would not mention a fucking thing. He would not answer any questions from any fucking geek podcast, from Barstool, from ESPN, to Sports Illustrated, to Ariel Hawani, who went on record and said Tony Khan was the most frustrating interview he ever conducted. He would answer nothing. Busted Open Radio, he would answer nothing. He wants this to be a non-issue. He wants to move away from it. But here Tony Khan was on Wednesday night. All of a sudden, after months of being so quiet and not wanting any about it to be talked about, removing them from the show. On Wednesday night, you mean to tell me that Tony Khan now allowed the elite and Kenny Omega to go out there and do what the fuck they wanted to do? and showcased basically in match everything that reportedly happened at the post-show scrum. Why would he do that? Doesn't that make Tony Khan look bad? Doesn't that make the elite look like hypocrites after what Kenny Omega just said to Sports Illustrated? He wants people to get over it. That's not exactly the elite showcasing themselves in good faith. It's not really showing the elite getting over it. Is that what the elite does? Yes. Are the elite pricks? Yes. Is that their art? Yes. Their art is great pro wrestling, and their art is to be cocksuckers. They're pricks. They want to get underneath the fan skin, especially in Chicago. They knew they were going to be in Chicago. They wanted to have fun. Did I enjoy it? Sure. Was it childish? Absolutely. Did it make the elite and Tony Khan look like fucking dummies? Absolutely. But there's no way 
Nobody knows this for sure, but I find it very difficult to believe that Tony Khan allowed them to go out there and gave the okay for them to go and do that without mentioning to CM Punk what was going to happen. Why would he go and do that? So yes, on one hand, on one instance, by what happened on Wednesday's Dynamite, it certainly could be that Tony Khan allowed this to happen because he got the okay from Phil Brooks. So people close to CM Punk, they're not happy. But who's to say they know what the fuck CM Punk is feeling? Did they get immediate reaction from him? Did they get immediate word? Hey, Phil, let me call you up right after the match. What are you thinking? Nobody knows what the fuck Phil Brooks is thinking. People close to him, how close are they? When was the last time they communicated with CM Punk? Did none of you ever think about this? Did none of you have this cross your minds? Why would Tony Khan let them go out there if he didn't ask CM Punk's okay first? Now, granted, that's one side of it. The other side of it is, is the investigation complete? You could look at it this way. Tony Khan allowed them to go out there and basically do what they wanted to do because they're back. The investigation is over. The investigation has concluded. It says the elite won the investigation. Punk has already been bought out. Punk has been paid to be quiet, right? Punk has been paid by AEW. Punk has been paid by Tony Khan. That's the only other thing. It's either he got the okay from Phil Brooks to have the elite go out there and do that, or he was paid quietly to a point where AEW can do whatever the fuck they want about this thing because CM Punk has been paid and he's not coming back. But the hypocrisy in Kenny Omega and what he said here, he wants fans to get over it. What they did in the match, blatantly throwing everything that was reported in your face in that match, I find it very difficult to believe that CM Punk did not give the okay to that and Tony Khan just sent the elite out there to do what the fuck they want to do without referencing or without mentioning CM Punk. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. It makes Tony Khan and AEW look like fucking clowns. It makes the elite look childish. It makes it proves CM Punk right that the elite he works with nothing but fucking children. Then Tony Khan goes and says that CM Punk had nothing to do. Nothing to do with Colt Cabana being moved from AEW to Ring of Honor. He had nothing to do with it. Now he has nothing to do with it. I don't understand that. So there's skepticism that now comes from that because there are some people in the locker room that don't believe that Tony Khan is being truthful. Dave Meltzer even reported this on The Observer. The whole Cabana thing, I keep getting stuff from the talent in AEW about this. Ever since Saturday, I've gotten a lot. And I mean, put it this way, there are a lot of talent that is very convinced of one thing. Obviously, CM Punk is and has always been very adamant They had nothing to do with it. Tony said that he, Punk, had nothing to do with it. This was back in August. So that story is not going to change publicly one way or another. The skepticism is, and it's vehement from a lot of people, as far as the skepticism of the story, it's not like that thing has been settled in the eyes of the talent. Even today, I got something that was just like, can't you see, isn't it obvious? If you look at it from their standpoint, it's not like they are speculating They believe they know the whole story. That's basically that. I'm sure that one will never go away. Meltzer added that there are a lot of people in AEW that are vehement about why Punk should not be brought back. 
Why would Tony Khan go out there and lie to save face? Why? That's going back on everything that he tried to do and fix. If Tony Khan took Punk off of television, took the elite off of television, stripped both of them of their individual championships, removed them from the intro graphic and the intro of Dynamite, none of their likeness was mentioned or shown on Dynamite, only to go back. He did right with that. Only to go back and then lie and be in the middle, not wanting to choose sides here. Why would he go and lie after all the right that he did as a boss? He's kind of going back on what he did if he's out there at a fucking post-show media scrum lying to everybody about how Punk, he never was the one that wanted Colt Cabana move from ring from AEW to Ring of Honor. Punk has been saying that, but can we really believe Punk? I mean, Punk threw his fucking dog, Larry, into the fucking line of fire by saying that Larry got his teeth knocked out when, in, in fact, that he didn't by the door swinging open during the altercation. So if Punk is to lie about Larry, who's to say Punk isn't lying about Colt Cabana? But if Tony Khan is the CEO of AEW, he should not be playing favorites. He should be out there giving the information that is truthful to the media. Why would he lie? It's only going to come back and haunt you if it is a lie and make you look even dumber than you are. None of this, none of this makes sense. None of it. I find it very difficult to believe if they are normal, working, fucking human beings, they listened to that reaction in Chicago last night. They did what they did. They're letting you know that they're not over it. They're playing into all the fucking rumor and innuendo. Punk is watching at home. He's, yeah, I'm not, uh, don't put me in a locker room. What are we doing here? After that reaction last night, after that match last night, and after the people are talking about it even more now, how do you look at what happened last night and not want to make money off of this? Is there a chance that Punk still ends up back? Yes. Does time heal all wounds? Yes, some. It depends on how much time is needed. Does the locker room want Punk back? Listen, how many people in WWE... Love when Bill Goldberg shows up and shares a locker room with them for three months after they've been on the road and he gets top WrestleMania priority. It doesn't matter who the fuck you are. You're just not going to be liked. There are people out there that just don't like you. There are people out there that don't want to work with you. Does everybody love MJF in the locker room? I'm pretty confident that most of the locker room doesn't like MJF. It is what it is. Do they want to work with MJF? Sure. Working with MJF means more money and more exposure. Do they like MJF? No. You don't have to like anybody. You don't have to fucking care for anybody. You should want to work with them in the most professional way to do the best for the business, best for the fans, and best for you. Not everybody's going to want CM Punk back. Not everybody cares for CM Punk. Not everybody wants CM Punk back in AEW. Is CM Punk for AEW a good move? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why would he... Why would he not look at this and say, shit, I could make money off this? Now, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like I said, this is something that he probably, this is something that Tony Khan relayed to Punk. Yeah, we're going to do this, 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 this in the match. I just want you to be aware of it. That's what a boss would do. And then this is all one huge elaborate work. And that his return is being planned. Or what this means and what they did and their actions last night are like, 
All right, well, Punk's being bought out. Punk is going to be gone. We're going to pay him whatever he wants. No compete. Sit at home. Shut your fucking mouth. We're going to do what we want to do. Business is going to run as usual. I got these guys. They're my EVPs. They're going to do what they want to do. Simple. It's one or the other. Which one is it? Which one is it? I don't know how you watched that match last night and not want to make money off of this entire situation. AEW is going to the United Kingdom in 2023. Meltzer said summer of 2023. They're going to fill out Craven Cottage for 35,000 fucking people. You don't think that Kenny Omega versus CM Punk in the main event would sell out that fucking stadium in one day? Give me a fucking break. What are you going to main event the show with? The Elite? Look at the stories you could build here. FTR and CM Punk. Elite and Kenny Omega. Trios, there you go. Omega and Kenny uh, Kenny Omega and CM Punk. There you go. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. How do you look at that and not want to make money over this? You don't have to fucking like each other, but Kenny Omega just says he's for the business. He wants the best for professional wrestling. He wants to go out there and do what he needs to do to get his craft and his art out there. It's not about booing CM Punk. Boo, boo, boo. This is not CM Punk and CM Punk against the elite and Kenny Omega. This is about making what is best for business. So why not? It's what Kenny Omega said in this Sports Illustrated interview. A little glimpse into what is going on. I cannot talk about it. I do want the fans to know I still want the best for pro wrestling. It's people trying to show off our craft. You can boot Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, or CM Punk, but I hope people don't forget we're human beings struggling to show our art. Could be a desperate cry for Kenny Omega to go out there and really say, hey, guys, without actually saying, we're trying to give you our perception of what pro wrestling is. Please stop talking about it. And that means Punk is on his way back. I don't know. I don't know. But if Tony Khan allowed the elite to go out there and do what they did without mention, without getting back to CM Punk about what's going on, doesn't, don't you think that makes AEW look like a bunch of fucking clowns? Holy shit. And finally, guys, we're going to go over this uh, Thunder Rosa story. Apparently, Thunder Rosa was relinquished of the AEW Women's Championship. Now, this was something that should have never even gone to this point. An interim championship should have never been created. Thunder Rosa should have been the one to give up the championship when she announced her injury. I don't know where people are coming. Maybe it was reported. Maybe I missed it. I have no fucking idea. Some people are telling me Tony didn't want to take the title off of Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa wanted to relinquish the title, but Tony said no. I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I don't know where people are getting that information from. If somebody can really find that for me, I'd love to know. If that's the case, fine. Doesn't really mean anything because interim should have never even been a thing because it just caused a downward spiral everywhere it went. So now Dave Meltzer is talking about a possible return date for Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, the announcement that she's no longer AW Women's Champion, 
was announced on Dynamite last night. Jamie Hader has gone from interim to, uh, to full-time champion, undisputed champion. Also, Tony Storm's reign is now undisputed and no longer interim. But that doesn't really mean much of anything because she operated the entire fucking reign under interim. She defended that title as the interim women's champion. Jamie Hader hasn't defended the title because she just won it on Saturday. So clearly this benefits more Jamie Hader and none of, of Tony Storm. It's a bad look. It doesn't matter if you are now claiming that, yeah, Tony Storm operated under undisputed and not interim. She did. No matter how you spin it, Tony Storm was an interim women's champion. Tony Storm is going to have that follow her for that entire reign. When people think back to Tony Storm's title reign, she will be known as the interim champion. That's all people will remember. They will not be recognizing her as undisputed. What did she do that was undisputed? Nothing. Jamie Hayter hasn't had one defense. She just won it on Saturday. She will be operating as undisputed because now the announcement was made before she even got started, Jamie Hayter, that she relinquished the title to Dunder Rosa. Rosa hasn't wrestled since August 10th due to back injuries. Hence why she's been forced to give up the title. Dave Meltzer last night talked about this. He says, and I quote, the deal with Rosa was that when she went down, she was going to lose the title at all out to Tony Storm. They expected her back November, December in that time frame. And I think the feeling was because of what happened with Punk, where they gave him a couple of months to be consistent, they would have to do the same thing here. Now it's looking like February. And I think now they're thinking February may be too long. So he's saying February, but AEW thinks February may be too long. February kind of lines up with what Jesse and I talked about. We're looking at Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter potentially for Revolution, right? Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker, you already saw the tease of them kind of splitting apart. Britt Baker's kind of overstepping her boundaries. Jamie Hayter looks like she's being disrespected already, and Britt is acting like the star of the team when Jamie Hayter's actually the champion. Should be the other way around. Jamie Hayter, number one. Britt, number two. Britt can't stand being number two. That's where we're headed. Now, is Britt going to lose clean to Jamie Hayter? No. What Jesse had come up with is a great example of how you get Thunder Rosa back involved if Thunder Rosa wants to be there. You have Thunder Rosa cost Britt Baker the championship, and you take whatever they had going on, you put them in a match together, and you have them settle their differences in the ring, grudge match between the two. While Jamie Hader beats Britt Baker, thanks to Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hader can go on and be women's champion. New challenges on the horizon. Maybe Thunder Rosa built her way back to get another championship match because she never really lost against Jamie Hader. Kind of works for me. But the fact that Thunder Rosa gave up the title, it should have never even taken this long. Title should have been relinquished in August. Now Tony Storm has to suffer, and she's going to be recognized as a interim instead of undisputed. While Jamie Hader reaps the benefits of this late decision. And where was Thunder Rosa last night? Got people crying in my Twitter mentions. Oh, you never had a back injury. She can't travel. I'm sorry. Is she a fucking cripple? Is she bedridden? I mean, I don't understand these fucking people. I hope you realize that Pac wrestled with a broken fucking nose last night. Legit. Let me see Pac get on a fucking airplane with a broken fucking nose. 
But Thunder Rosa can't come and give up her title like a real champion because she can't travel. I'm sorry. Why do the rules change for some and not for others? Rules for me and not for thee. The fuck are you talking about? She said this on social media. Thank you, Thunder Army, for all the support and AEW for being there for me. Dream opponents or dreamlike moments, rather, happened in this run, but this is not how I wanted to lose the championship, but you deserve a present champion. On to the next chapter. For a woman that cares so much about the division and so much about the company, she certainly didn't want to be there to give the championship up to the present champion. Like a real champion should do. Thunder Rosa cares about the division, right? Cares about the women's division, cares about women's wrestling in AEW. Where was she? Why? Oh, but she can't travel. She can't travel. Meanwhile, like I said, there are others that have been injured and are injured that have traveled to Dynamite last night in Chicago. People coming up with all these, oh, you can't with the holidays, you can't travel, it's, uh, you know, congestion. You fucking break. Travel issues, delays, injuries, give me a fucking break. It's all right if she goes on her fucking YouTube channel and starts fucking fake wrestling some geek in a mask, right? Eating tacos. Unbelievable. She should have been there to relinquish the championship. Other excuses were, oh, well, they never gave her any TV time to begin with, so what, what would the, the point be? If I was Rose, I wouldn't even bother showing up because they're just going to do the same thing that they usually do. Give her 10 seconds and that's it. More on to the next segment. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Anyway, guys, that's all I got for you. That is it. I hope you enjoyed today's OTS. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a little bit. But quickly, I want to make sure you guys are aware. But we got a big weekend coming up. We got Survivor Series. We got the Go Home to Survivor Series on SmackDown. It'll be live on Friday night. There will be no Rampage on Friday night. Rampage is happening at 4 p.m. Eastern. No thank you. SmackDown only on Friday night. Go Home Show for Survivor Series. I will be live on Friday for SmackDown and live on Saturday from the venue for War Games. War Games. War Games. Yes. So follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And... Please continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 851 likes. Can we try for 900? That's all I'm asking. 900. If you guys are in the chat, have not hit the thumbs up. 900 likes. Minimum. And today's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Go get your free sample. Yes, F-R-E-E sample. Code JD at checkout. All you got he's got to do is pay the shipping and handling bluechew.com. Joseph Taylor with the $2 super chat. JD I was just joking about Riho. I listen, Joseph, we know, bro. We know, bro. You're 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 in good standing, Joseph. Don't worry about it. Tyler with a 499. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Hopefully you have a great day today. Have a safe holiday. 
I'm thankful for you and the OTS family. Thank you so much, Tyler. Enjoy your day, brother. JC, 720 with four months in the VIP club. Hope your day is a great one, JD. Got COVID, so the family's not coming over. Sorry to hear that, brother. But I get to hear the IWC Messiah, and I acknowledge you. Cheers on spirit. Thank you, brother. Cheers to you, bro. WUJ Money with a four-month commitment to the VIP club. Happy Thanksgiving, OTS fam and AEW fans. Can't wait to see the new era of MJF as champion next week. OTS for life. Thank you, Money. JLD with four months. What's up, JD and OTS family? Just wanted to wish JD and everyone in the chat happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for all you do, bro. OTS for life. Frag dude with four months. Wow, four months OTS for life. What the fuck are you guys drinking? And really, Frag Dude, what are you? JLD, Money, JC720, what are you guys drinking? You're all four months, man. It's quite the company in the VIP club. Munchy time with a 499. Thankful for OTS to get me through my work days. Happy Thanksgiving, JD and OTS family. OTS for life. Cheers, everyone. Thank you, Munchy time. Travis Drum with three months. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Happy Thanksgiving to you, brother. Robo with a new membership. Robo, what the fuck are you drinking, bro? Ryan T with a 999. First Thanksgiving without my dad who passed in June. Hope War Games is as great as we think it will be to take my mind off of things. Happy Thanksgiving to the OTS family. Ryan T, thank you, brother. And I hope it's still a great Thanksgiving, man. Thoughts and prayers with you on that one. Spontane with a $2 super chat. Today is my 26th birthday. Happy birthday, Spontane. Let me see those birthday cake emojis in the chat for Spontane. Nick Williams, thank you again, brother, for the $100 super chat. We love you, man. Thank you so much, and happy Thanksgiving. Scorpio, 1117 with a $2 super chat. Dream match, Rhea Ripley versus Britt Baker. No. Stop using the dream match situation so loosely. Jerry Ramey, thank you for your $100 super chat, brother. I appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Aldarian Jones with a $4.99. Hey, I just want to say thank you for getting me through the tough times. And are you more ready for Survivor Series or more towards the Royal Rumble? Bro, I'm ready for both. I love War Games. Triple H has shown us that he knows how to do a War Games match, being with what we saw in NXT. And Royal Rumble, I am so pumped for the Royal Rumble, bro. Cody Snyder with a final super chat. I'm going to Australia and New Zealand. They're making magic in the down under. Examples, Tony, Rhea, heart emoji. Happy Thanksgiving, JD and OTS gang. Thank you, Cody Snyder. It's a long travel for you, bro. Couldn't be me. Huda Ops with a four month. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Hope you have a good day, brother. Thankful for you and off the script every day. Keep on doing you and the haters. Get them out. You know it, brother. Thank you so much. Steve Winyard, 
Thank you for your $100 super chat. I appreciate you, brother. We'll be in our mother's basement very soon, bro. Joseph the Gamer, 15 with a 199. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Keep doing you, bro. Always going to be the case, Joseph. Brandon Jefferson with a 199. I'm going to be at Survivor Series. I'm excited. ASF. Should be a great show, man. It's going to be a great show. Everybody that sold that TT Garden out had no idea that we're getting War Games. How excited are you to now know that War Games is there? Unbelievable. JLD and MGM Bowling with $100 Super Chats. I appreciate you gentlemen very much. Thank you so much, guys. We got the NYC Demon Diva Issa with a 15-month membership. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Issa, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you. And Roman. Can't forget Roman. OMG, it's Rush. 2213, 10 months. Thank you, brother. Tyler with a 199, a 499, and a 499. Did you hear that Kalista was working in NXT as a trainer? Yes. PW Insider saying Sasha Banks and Naomi won't be at War Games this Saturday. I feel like it's a trick. We definitely will see them back at War Games. Bro, WWE's not going to divulge information like that. Hopefully Charlotte doesn't get shoved down our throats when she returns since Triple H is in charge. I hope to God not. Steve with another $100 Super Chat. Thank you so much, brother, about your tag team division. We got to get rid of some championships and then maybe add some trios. I am definitely for that. RJ with a $5 Super Chat. Just a random thought. But how would you feel if rated RKO reformed with Beth Phoenix to take out Judgment Day? I could see it. I could see it. That'd be pretty cool, actually. During General Vitor with a three months, one more month on the best place in the IWC. You know it, brother. You know it, bro. I appreciate you, man. Basic with a 499. JD, TK is a pushover. He's allowing certain wrestlers to do whatever they want. TK doesn't have a backbone. Certainly looks like it, man. I don't know why what happened last night was allowed to happen if... A, the investigation is over, and even if... It was. It makes AEW look childish. And if they did go and get CM Punk's approval for it... And then continue to hide it as if everything is just so fucking wrong... It's just not a good look, bro. Nick Williams with a $10 Super Chat. Hold up. Is that Crash Bandicoot on your shirt, I see? I grew up with the franchise along with wrestling. If you would have one other wrestler on your show, who would it be? Yes, Nick, it is a Crash Bandicoot t-shirt. And if I had one wrestler on my show, who would it be? Um, That's a good question, brother. I may have to get back to you on that one. I may have to get back to you on that one. A Watson with a $30 super chat. Thank you, brother. 
Joshua Lavacek with a 199. Happy Thanksgiving, JD. Thank you for all your hard work. I appreciate you being here, Joshua. Thank you so much. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. My favorite Judas Priest song is Breaking the Law. Painkiller, bro. Painkiller. RJ with a five dollar super happy Thanksgiving, brother. Ready for war games? Yes. Carlos M with a new membership. Carlos, what are you drinking, bro? Zero Kaiba with a seven months. I would normally say, "What are you drinking?" But tonight, I'm asking, "What are you eating?" Happy Thanksgiving to you all. Thank you, Zero. And Captain Solo, happy Turkey Day, JD. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Oh, my goodness, man. Sasha Banks would definitely be up there as one of, one of the people I'd have on my show. Yeah, Sasha. Both Sasha and her husband, actually. Jericho. Anyway, guys, I am about to get out of here, man. What a show. We went two hours. We got a lot accomplished today. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed what I gave you. We're on our way to 1,000 likes. Excellent. Listen, guys, the venue is going to be closed until tomorrow night. The venue is not participating in Thanksgiving. Only happy hour. We're closing. Go spend time with your fucking families, man. Get the hell out of here. Anyway, guys, enjoy whatever you guys got going on today. Enjoy your football. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your families. Enjoy the downtime, the relaxation. You'll see me again on Friday for SmackDown. We'll talk about the go-home for War Games. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, guys. We got Monday night from the Raw Post Show. We got... AEW Dynamite last night. Excellent show that Jesse and I conducted. Go check that out. Even this past weekend stuff, Full Gear. Saturday, Jesse and I were live for Full Gear. Great review. Sunday, we were live for Off the Scripts. Some great stuff there, man. Go check it out. Follow me on social media for all the latest updates for all this busy wrestling weekend. Place to find me is on Twitter, man, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that thumbs up. We're inching closer and closer to 1,000 likes. And again, guys, SmackDown Friday night from the venue. Live on OTS. Anyway, I'm getting out of here. Let me see those rock on emojis. Let me see those ace emojis. And let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. That's number one. Number two, I'm going to need that music on max. Guys, I will see you Friday night right here from the venue on Off the Scripts post SmackDown. Go home for War Games. I'll see you guys later.